Welcome to another episode of Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have beyond skin deep conversations with my fellow freelance model friends. Today, I have my friend Jin, aka Gin and Tonic on the podcast, and I've known her for so many years. Oh my gosh, it's been like 10 years. Didn't we meet it in 2013? Yes, we did. It has. Oh, it is. It's our 10-year anniversary. Oh, was it the summertime that we met? It was at that cruise, right? I don't remember what time of the year it was. I think they usually do those cruises like off-season in the fall so that they're more affordable. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, to introduce yourself to the podcast, because I know you really well, but not all the listeners do. Uh, describe yourself as a freelance model and how you got into it. Absolutely. So yes, uh, so I'm Jen. Jen and Tonic is the modeling name uh, with a J. And I started my life as a freelance model very accidentally. I didn't know it was a thing. And I don't know if this is true for a lot of other models, but uh, I always grew up wanting to be in photos but I grew up in like a small town and I'm kind of short and have a little chubby face and I'm certainly not you know I remember being at the mall once in the bathroom and a woman came up to the girl next to me and she's like I'm a model scout and you'd be great and like I was like literally standing right there and at that point I was like I've been modeling for like two years but I'm not you know, the standout model type. But so when I started doing photo shoots, it was just because I wanted to. And it was kind of like a secret hobby of mine, sort of pursuing this dream. And then as I started to do that, I started to meet other models that this is what they did full time. And from them was welcomed into this beautiful, the modeling community where we just really look out for each other. And you're such a great example of those that are out there educating and sharing resources and, you know, good referrals and watch out for this pervert referrals and uh, (laughs) meeting other models. And as I met other models and discovered like, oh, this is like something that, that they do. And some of my best friends still, such as yourself, are like, models that I met at the very beginning and I was living in California and I was working at a restaurant and my mom got really sick and then ended up passing away. So I was traveling between California and my family and, you know, I had a boyfriend at the time. And as I was traveling, that's when I started booking photo shoots and meeting more and more models. And just it became like my full-time thing since 2012. 2012. That's around the same time that I started going full-time too. Oh, really? Yeah, I started in 2006, like as a hobby, but I was just kind of screwing around for like six years until 2012 when I got fired from my restaurant job. (laughs) Yeah, fuck restaurants. (laughs) And it wasn't until I started befriending other freelance models, like you said, and that I started really getting more into it and becoming more serious about it because I felt like there was finally support. Whereas before I started meeting other traveling models that would actually like have a conversation with me, I felt kind of like 
you know, this whole thing is like just a side hobby and I don't know how long it's going to last, but probably not very long. Did you feel that when you were getting started, like before you started befriending other models? Well, I feel like I encountered something that you've encountered, I believe, too, is if you're just talking to the photographers and those guys, a lot of times, they're not really there to like be your cheerleader. They're there telling you, oh, honey, you need to be realistic. This can be a fun side thing, blah, blah, blah. But they don't, they don't fucking know. And then on the other side was, you know, I believe this was the route that you went. And this is what most people think of when you say, I'm a model, is you think of, oh, like you got an agent and a manager and you go to go sees and auditions and you're in catalogs. And that's sort of the, the mainstream model world versus what you and I eventually discovered was like this, this underground nomadic freelance travel model life, which is really such an interesting, yeah, like cult community almost that like, if you don't know, you don't know, (laughs) but we're here. (laughs) Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is so that I could kind of chat with my other modeling friends and bring out what freelancing is and how it's different than what a majority of the world views it as like America's next top model type stuff, which is really what I thought modeling was when I started. Cause I watched that show religiously and I was like, Oh, I have to do what they do on the show. Mm-hmm. Same, same. <laughs> and then, so we started before social media really kind of took over, like being an Instagram model or whatever, wasn't a thing back in 2012. We were, we were model mayheming it. <laughs> Yes, model mayhem. And I also remember it was kind of the start of, and this was actually one of the first freelance models I came across was when I was in high school. Her name was Apnea. And she was one of like the original suicide girls. And I remember when I came across her, I was so excited because she had kind of a a non-traditional round face as well and I was like oh my god here's this other model and then and then she had tattoos and you know she's like this alternative look and I'm looking at her modeling portfolio I was like oh my god what is this it's beautiful and that was sort of the beginning of like suicide girls which I never personally was one but I think that's it's kind of like the the beginning of you know like now we have only fans right like it was like yeah. suicide girls and then Instagram models. And then now we have only fans. So you kind of have like these self employed, whether it's something they're doing full time or on the side models that are able to create outside of the 12 magazines that exist, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you were in that girls with corpses magazine though, that I thought was really cool. I definitely was. Robert Rhine, the creator of Girls and Corpses magazine, and now his focus is on uh, horror film. So he's a film producer, like his own and other people's horror films, uh, was one of the first connections that I made when I went down to LA. And I think I legit was just like Googling magazines you could submit to. And that one came up and I wasn't 
particular, I was just looking to get my image in as many different publications as I could. And I reached out to him and funny enough, I was already in the magazine. I wasn't aware. I was in the magazine first as a corpse from a photo shoot that I did with this woman in Ojai where I was like in this hospital gown. I had a bandage on my head and I was like washed up on the side of this really shitty smelly pond. That was like the worst as far as mental challenges go. That was the worst thing I've ever done. Like I did not want to be in that water. But so one of these images was already was already in the magazine. So I was already in the magazine as a corpse. Uh, but Robert, AKA corpsey, uh, was like, well, let's get together, you know, let me meet you and vibe check basically. And, uh, then we'll talk about being in the magazine. And he's like, I'm working this event at the Hollywood center. Come, come sit at this table with me. And I showed up and he's at this table. He's got his magazines and different products and it's all horror themed, which I am not into any of this personally. Like, <laughs> like the horror world is not something that's for me, but I spent the day at the table with him and we were in the adult entertainment room. So it was one of those events where like a bunch of celebrities are there and you pay a ticket and you can come in and get autographs and buy merch and that sort of thing. So we were in the adult entertainer room. And the table next to us was Ron Jeremy. Oh my God. And there was a, <laughs> yeah. So I'm told, especially, I'm sure, you know, like Carlotta Champagne, like you can't really, well now, but like in the day, you couldn't really go anywhere in Hollywood without running into Ron Jeremy. But so he was at the table next to us and there wasn't a lot of people there. So I just spent the day hanging out with Corpsey and Ron who insisted on signing my tits and uh, ever since then, that would have been back in like 20, I don't think I was in LA until like 2014, maybe. Uh, but Corpsey and I have been really, really good friends ever since. And so since then, I've been in this magazine multiple times. I've been in a couple of his horror films. We've done podcasts together and naked comedy in LA and zombie themed fashion shows so it's one of those things where i always said if corpsey calls i answer because it's always going to be something fun i never know <laughs> i never know what opportunity he's gonna have he's gonna be like jen you want to do this new comedy show i'm like fuck yeah i do corpsey and uh so he's a really really good friend of mine and because of that i've met a lot of the a lot of the really big names in the horror world I've met through him. And again, it's so not my scene. Like I don't watch any of these movies, <laughs> but I love the creative process. So um, I think that's something that a lot of people know me for is the, I was on the back cover of one of the issues in a body bag with a corpse. <laughs> and it was with Kim Fowley, who is like a rock and roll music producer, legend guy. And it was, it was in his like dying wish that, his body be mutilated for the sake of sex, drugs, and rock and roll sort of thing. So, oh <laughs> so I've like, yeah, I've had a lot of people that have come across me that way, which is funny because again, it's so not my world. And at this point, you know, my modeling life really transitions into more of the marketing side of things, but it's been a lot of fun. 
It's been a lot of fun. Would you say that that publication or any other publications that you've been in has improved or like significantly impacted your modeling career? Mm, I think as far as like brand awareness, that one for sure, just because it is a very niche magazine and it has like a bit of a cult following and generally speaking, anybody who's like in that world and they come across this magazine, they're like girls and corpses magazine, you know, and it's a very high quality print magazine that's been printed all around the world and he doesn't print them anymore. So they're all sort of collector's items at this point. Uh, so you like find them, people reselling them on eBay and such. So I think because that's such like a niche that that has been uh, like a lot of people find me through that. But otherwise, I, I would say like any other magazine for me personally, any other publication I've had has definitely been sort of your your standard, like the people who are buying it are the people who are in it. Yeah. Which is <laughs> kind of like where a lot of a lot of digital magazines kind of end up and not to shit on anybody who's wanting to create a digital magazine. It's definitely possible to be very successful with that. But for the most part, I think a lot of people have this goal of like, I'm going to create this magazine. It's going to have these models and nobody else is doing this. And it's like, yes, they are. And then they take <laughs> submissions and they put them out. And the only people buying it are the models and photographers in it and then trying to resell that. And so I gave up on that being my priority like a long time ago, just because it was such a pain in the ass to get the right image files and the right sizes and to get the permissions from the photographer and the back and forth. And it was just like, it was so yeah. much time. And then yeah. it wasn't putting money in my pocket. It was just sort of a new credential. So I've had photographers and they always have my encouragement, like, yeah, submit the shit out of them, but I'm not spending my time there <laughs> personally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or it's neat to have like a tear sheet where you can be like, look, I'm published. But at a certain point, yeah. it's, it's all the print to order like mag cloud mm -hmm. magazines and after a while it's like the only people you're right the only people that are buying it are the people that are in it and there's no advertisements in the ad in the magazine it's just some guy that's putting it together mm -hmm. like out of his home or whatever right yeah i just feel like it's a big circle trick at that point <laughs> <laughs> especially like the glamour magazine published yeah. model <laughs> I am. I am. It's true. And I was technically in an issue of Playboy, but it's because my dear friend, uh, goddess Jessica, she was published in, I think she was published in both Playboy Mexico and then like a Playboy Sweden. And she gave me a shout out. So you won't find my images, but you'll find it says gin and tonic in Playboy. <laughs> so I count it. <laughs> They're like, she did all the work. <laughs> well, it was very nice to of her to shout you out in Playboy. It was. It was. I adore her. I really love her. But you just said something that I've never thought of. You called it a tear sheet. And yeah. I think I've always called it a tear sheet. Uh huh. Which would yeah. be felt the same way. But That's like tear sheet. That makes so much more sense because it's like you tear a sheet out of the magazine and that's you. Yeah. 
That's so funny. I've been calling them tear sheets for over a decade. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, we knew what we were talking about. I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> One thing that I've always admired about you within your modeling career is that you've always had a sense of what your brand is and like the types of people that you want to work with. And I got the sense, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I got the sense that if you got a weird vibe from somebody or they were asking about stuff that was going to kind of push your comfort zone that you didn't give as much of a shit about the money and you would say no. And a lot of these GWCs I would end up working with and I, I recognized in you that you had like a, you had like a tolerance level that was at a, another level than what mine was. And I was always curious about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's certainly true. These, so GWCs, anybody that hasn't, this is the first time you're tuning in, a guy with camera. And yeah. that is sort of like the, you know, when I explained to other uh, other individuals they're talking about modeling and the a lot of times guys with cameras are quite harmless but they can also kind of be like the big downside of modeling itself and for me personally I think you're right where uh, money so in, in the sense I feel like I haven't ever been as successful in a lot of ways as like you or other models because uh, the money isn't enough like I have to enjoy you as a person. So in fact, I'm actually planning on going to Miami uh, here next month. And I was oh, thinking yeah. of like reaching out to you and being like, do you, you know, who do you know in Miami? And then in my head, I just pictured all these GWCs and it'd be a bunch of bikini photos. And they like want me to do the same three poses over and over. And I'm just like, eh, fuck that. Like, I don't want it. I don't want it. That's not how I wish to spend my time. And so for the, the modeling for me, it was a big, a big part of it was that it allowed me to travel and then traveling allowed me to model. So I've been very grateful to my modeling life because it connected me with incredible other creative individuals such as yourself. It allowed me to travel. It's allowed me this freedom of working for myself. And that's really what matters most to me. But so for myself, it's like, okay, well, if I'm working for me, if I'm creating my own business, then, you know, I'm not going to spend time with anybody that I don't want to spend time with. And that certainly has made it quite the struggle financially over the years. But from that, I think is where my new business was born, that now modeling is something that I do if and when I desire to, and I love to create. And it's been like an evolving thing but I love creating with like you and other modelographers or you know these creative projects or body paint or, or somebody whose work is really really good or you know if I just feel like you know I just feel like being hot <laughs> and so I have all this laundry and like these photos are for myself and not so much me trying to monetize them anymore because it really was the the content creation and the attempt to constantly trying to monetize my time as well as these images and the audience that you tend to attract as like you know i'm a naked girl online come give me money 
uh, it never for me felt in alignment with who I want my audience to be. So I've shifted a bit where now modeling is a creative passion, but I, I use my modeling experience very unexpectedly. It was like, I became this marketing expert and you mentioned branding and, you know, ideal clients, all of this. And I use these skills that I learned through the last 10 years as a digital nomad, basically, and help empower other people in their businesses and their online marketing. And for me, this has been a really beautiful transition. And my company is called Create Your Next Level. And that was sort of what happened in 20, end of 2017. I did like this three-month world tour. And I was so burnt out and depressed and overspent and just unhappy with my life as a model, even though on paper, it's like, this is everything I ever dreamed of. And everyone has a super glamorous idea of what it looks like, but it's like the two hours in front of the camera took me 90 hours of work otherwise. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so I sat down and I, I was like, it's time for me to like create my next level. And that's where create your next level came from. And I was like, well, who's the people that I love spending time with? Who's the people that I want to help most? And it's other creators like yourself. It's other photographers and models and makeup artists and designers and coaches and healers and, and other really beautiful people that are out there. Like I was sort of pursuing quote unquote, like a pipe dream or, you know, when you get out there, you just end up making, you just make a business out of nothing. And that can be very overwhelming and very scary and lonesome or you can make a lot of mistakes. And so what I really love where I'm at presently is I'm helping other people create their next level. And so that makes my modeling more, more that it's now something that's like for me <laughs> and not for money. That's awesome. But I better I'll be getting paid. <laughs> I definitely admired uh, watching your growth in the create your next level adventure that you're doing. Thank you. It's certainly been an adventure and in 20, it's been on hold for a bit because in 2018 I went through a divorce and like, as you know, I've like lost myself for a few years, but now here in, in 2023, I don't know if you ever like pick a word for the year. Do you ever do that? Um, no, I haven't done that actually. <laughs> okay. So I've been doing it for a few years and the word that came to me for this year is reclamation. Nice. And I'm really super feeling that. Yeah, it is nice because it's like, okay, I went through my divorce and I went through all like this healing and this trauma. And then I went through the situationship and then I went through a bunch of family stuff. And now here we are in 2023 and I'm like, okay, no, this is my, this is my year of reclamation. And so the business is like finally going to like officially be a real business. <laughs> like I'm getting clients and making money, that sort of thing. Uh, but like reclaiming my business, reclaiming my life, reclaiming my freedom. And, uh, you know, the last few years have been a, sort of prioritized about other things or other people. And this year is just all about me. Like I'm out doing me and I'm reclaiming my sexuality and my confidence and my time and my freedom and travel and my business and uh, and my modeling, but in a way that it's like, 
it's because it's something I want to do. <laughs> Not because I have to, to, to keep the lights on, which kudos. I always admired when I met you. I remember meeting you on this cruise or <laughs> sitting down at like a restaurant in Mexico and you have your laptop open and you're like, I'm going to Texas next week. And I have a hundred messages from photographers that want to work with me. And I was like, holy shit, like this chick is legit. And I always admired your work ethic and your ability to be like, no, this is my, like such a professional, like this is my job and this is what I'm being paid to do. And they're my client. I'm going to treat this professionally and they're going to get the best damn photos they can uh, as far as I, everything that you are able to control. Right. Yeah. And you just fucking rocked it for years. And I was always like, always wished I was more like you, but then of course, we're not the same person. So like that was part of the, the burnout that I experienced too, was the comparison to other people, like the way you run your business and the content you create. And I was always trying to copy what other models were doing that were, you know, quote unquote, more successful or at the very least had a lot more money than I did as well as like a lot more following. Uh, but trying to copy that every time I've, I've done that, it's just, it's not, the path for me. And so clearly it didn't work. And I think that happens to a lot of people and why whatever industry you're in, that's how a lot of people end up with burnout and exhaustion. It's just, they're trying, they're comparing themselves constantly. And then they're trying to emulate somebody else instead of just being your most you. So Jen is being the most Jen from now on. <laughs> I'm reclaiming it. <laughs> and in, in a response to that, I, like, even though I have busted and worked with so many photographers across the country, it's like what people see in my portfolio and what they see in my social media that I post, that's like mm -hmm. the photos that I like. But for every awesome photo shoot, there's at least 20 or 30, like, what the fuck type photo shoots <laughs> in between. So. Super, super. I definitely have plenty of those. And I do, I have, um, I have, like, I'm not really trying to monetize my modeling anymore, but I do still have my Patreon blog that I post on like Monday through Friday. And a lot of it is, is sort of for that reason. It's like, it's nice for me to revisit my modeling work. It's nice to revisit these stories. Like I end up feeling like a lot of pride and like, Oh, holy shit. Like I did that. You know, like I was just like this 20 something year old kid who was like, I'm going to fucking go to New York and like make it work, you know, like whatever. And so a lot of pride there, but there's definitely a lot of those stories. So like in my private blog, I can be like, I don't know what the fuck this photographer was thinking with this edit, but like, look at this shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I try not to ever make fun of anybody, but like, it's so nice. Uh, I've told plenty of people that as models, rarely get to see each other like modeling is typically it's like a one-on-one -on -one, like a model and a photographer but I think the biggest reason I've stayed in modeling and why I continue to kind of have my foot in the store is I love the other models and so these like model trips that you know you organize quite a few of them um, but also like modelographers now right and content creators and getting together that's my favorite thing is to be able to all get together and it's like chatting with somebody who understands yes. <laughs> so we start talking like GWCs or morning shoots or like these guys who are like do you know a location and like 
we don't live there. And it's right. like, oh my God. It's so nice to be able to vent with somebody else who fucking understands that and the photographers that think we're basically a girlfriend for hire or a therapist. It's a very it's a very uh, sex worker adjacent position a lot of times. And often it's individuals who are really hiring you more for your company than anything else. Yes. Yes. Which is Something that I ask everybody that's on my podcast is uh, to recall a photo shoot story that was either crazy or fucked up for whatever reason, whether it was the photographer themselves that were bonkers or the scenario of the shoot just happened to be like crazy in some way or funny. What is your uh, photo shoot fail story? Oh my gosh, like so many are coming to my head at once. I feel like, okay, I'll give you some options. There was a, like a party house in LA or a haunted house in New York or an alcoholic in New Jersey. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know which one to pick. Oh, those three. I'll let you choose. <laughs> oh. Tell me about the party house in LA. <laughs> okay. Party if you want to change the story to another one, you can. Okay, go for it. No, we'll go with this. Okay. So I think you might have interacted with this, this magazine in LA. It was some publication in LA that, you know, also had like a really popular Instagram page. I think they would like do events or something. Um, I know Trina Mary tried to do a shit with them too. And like, they didn't have their shit together for her either. But I was in LA and I'd actually had two photo shoots that day. And I saw, I can't remember the name of the magazine. If I looked it up on my YouTube, I know I did. It was like, what year would it have been? maybe like 2015, like I did a YouTube video that was like the winner for 2015 creepiest photographer or something like that. Um, but so they had it up on their Instagram, like looking for more models for this evening. And I was like, all right, sweet. Like I'm already, I'm out, I'm dressed. Like let's let the abundance in, like, let's go, Jen. You know, I knew it wasn't going to be paid, but they had like a really big account and so for connections and exposure it's like okay let's go and i reached out and they're like okay come to this this house in the hollywood hills and i got there and there was two guys and it was like the guy who like ran the magazine and i think it was his house and then the photographer who's like this older overweight dude and they were both smashed and <laughs> it's me and two or three other models that showed up and it was very clear to me. I believe they'd been having a party since the night before and all the models from the night before had like left and these two guys were just on one and they're like, let's get more models up in here. And they're just continuing their bender. And so me and these other models are there and like, you know, like I have outfit options and like, you know, I'm being, all professional 
and they are not. And so like the house is like covered in all these Polaroids of all these like photos of girls and stuff and all, all these pictures, like the magazine. And you know, it was like on Instagram too. So it's like the, t- the caliber of photos, the type of photos is always very implied nude, edgy fashion, that sort of look. But I'm in this house and it, I was kind of like piecing it together as I'm like looking around the house and it's like the kitchen's a mess and these guys are drunk and then uh, these Polaroids everywhere and the Polaroids are like a bunch of nudes, like in like lewd nudes, you know, like more explicit poses and things. And I'm just looking around. I was like, this isn't what I was expecting. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I know, I think at some point I noticed like there's drugs on the table. Oh, I'm just kind of sitting there like, well, are you guys going to like offer me any of those drugs? Like if we're going to have a party, like let's have a party. Uh, but they never did, which is very rude. So they were just very, the one guy was like, you know, he was younger and attractive. And I think he was being very flirtatious. I mean, these other gals and then the other drunk guys taking photos and he's like trying to stand up on furniture to get better angles and he's falling off. And we take oh turns God. like taking pictures and then it's my turn to take photos. And he keeps trying to get me to like do open leg and all of this. And I was like, you guys don't even publish that kind of stuff. And he's like, just do it. Just do it. And I was like, no, sir, no. And he's like, fine, and like throws a fit. And I kind of just like, well, thanks, guys. And I gathered my stuff and left. And of course, never saw the photos. Like I followed up and I never, and those guys just kept partying. And I think like a couple girls stayed, but it was just very clear. They were just trying to get hot girls in there and maybe like potentially it would lead to sex or something. But I left and eventually I put it on youtube and it was a little bit of a dramatic moment after i did that um i'm sure i got like some instagram messages about it being libel or slander what have you but then also like a bunch of other models came out saying like yeah same thing like they weren't they weren't being professional they were just dudes who were just like fucked up and getting photos of models and then the models weren't seeing pictures like it wasn't actually benefiting anybody's career and then and then it came out like oh he got replaced as the owner and now this new person's running it and so it's better now uh but as far as i know it just like basically dissolved like they just never never got their shit together that sucks you have my expectations you're you're really like wowed by the images that they're sharing on their magazine and their social media and then you show up and it's just like a bunch of horny dudes trying to push your limits exactly exactly and i never and i remember seeing some of the photos in like the viewfinder or whatever it is on the screen on the camera and i was like that's out of focus and that was out of and he's like well you can fix it in post like he just kept dismissing everything i said like i was ridiculous and i was like i think you've been drunk since yesterday you know, <laughs> and I don't remember, uh, I don't think he fell in the pool, but we were definitely like shooting around a pool and I just kept waiting for him to fall in that pool. I thought it would be really great if he just fell in and he ruined his camera because he was an idiot. <laughs> oh my gosh. And yep. Yep. So we'll share that one. 
you couldn't have predicted if it was going to be a situation like that because, like, were you even able to check references on those people? Or the, the person that's running the Instagram page is not the same as the photographer. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like the tricky thing. It's like, okay, I know this magazine. I don't really know who's running the Instagram page. You know, I'm not really aware of like who. They're just like, we have models coming over and, you know, we have this photographer. And so, yeah, there's no like reference checks. It's just this this publication that I know I've been interacting with for months. And like you said, like, you know, always really impressed by the quality of work I was seeing. So I was like excited about it. And then, yeah, I was just like, oh, you guys are dumb. So this was so many years ago for more accurate details. I'm sure that video, I'm sure I left it up on YouTube and it's just like the winner for creep photographer or something. I'm sure there was more to it than that, but it was interesting. And yeah, it would have been different. It was like, they didn't invite us to the party. They just wanted to keep partying and have us there. It was very interesting. It was very odd. You said that after you made that YouTube video about it, then other models came out and they said they had shit experiences as well. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> sucks that you had to find out the hard way. <laughs> right? I was like, man, I could have gone home. <laughs> like, I didn't even get a single photo, you know, and they definitely never put me on Instagram. So it didn't do anything for my brand or my reach or my following at all. So I was like, oh, well. I got like a funny, and I could, I guess, could have gone like in so many other, like, what if you showed up and, you know, they tried to roofie all of us girls or something. I could have gone like a lot worse directions, but wow. in this case, I just got a really funny YouTube topic that then pissed people off when I shared it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just sharing my truth, yo. <laughs> Nowadays, I do see people outing like behavior like that, even with like um, mainstream fashion photographers that have a habit of like mistreating models. I, I, I wonder if you said that they've dissolved since then. I wonder if they dissolved because of that like shitty management. Oh, I'm sure. I think so. I think so. And I think it was there, I'm sure from like a photographer and Hollywood viewpoint, that's sort of what's idealized. Like, oh, I'm just going to be a rock star. And yeah, I got naked bitches all over my place. But, <laughs> you know, I'm like, even there's been very rare, but I've had like photographers that were like friends and it's like, yeah, sure. Like, like I'll have a drink or whatever, but anything more than that it's just sloppy yeah so i'm like let's have a drink after <laughs> right. you know but so yeah to be like yeah i'm gonna do all these drugs and take photos of these naked girls it's like you might get something good but it's like i and i personally am very uncomfortable being around somebody who's on a different level than i am you know it's like i'm completely sober and i'm watching you stumble around it's like this is awkward like, don't you feel awkward? You should feel awkward too. <laughs> At the very least, it's unprofessional. Yeah, I agree. That's totally, it's definitely a known red flag in the industry now. If somebody is offering you drugs or alcohol during the shoot, that might be a red flag. 
I have another question that I wanted to ask that I do ask everybody that's on the podcast. And it's a completely different level than the previous question. And this is uh, what I like to call the rising Phoenix moment in your life. Can you describe something in your life? You can make it something that happened throughout your modeling career or otherwise, but something that was a challenge for you or an issue that was in your life that you needed to overcome. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Definitely my divorce grew my whole life for such a curveball. And uh, I was actually just sharing these images the other day. There was there was a moment when I was married and we often had a lot of fights. We had some very poor communication habits. I think a lot of insecure and avoidant attachment cycles happening. And so that always made like the travel and the communicating, it would make it very difficult to then show up to anything but especially like a photo shoot. Now I got to be like a pretty girl or whatever. But there was a moment when I was asked to leave LA. My ex-spouse informed me that the only possible way to save our marriage was if I were to leave and allow them space to focus on their priorities, etc. So there was this time where I suddenly wasn't going to have like the support of a partner. And so for financial means is like, I should really be doing more shoots. Uh, but just being so emotionally distraught that even opening my laptop was more than I could handle. And there was this photo shoot that I did. It was my last one before moving out of LA with photographer Andre Duman, and it was uh, a body paint shoot where my head was shaved at the time, like yours is now, little bald yes. and sissy. Um, so at the time, my head was shaved, and he wanted this. Uh, the concept was like a bald model painted black that then we were throwing different colored powders on me. And I just remember going through the motions at this shoot and just feeling like my everything was torn, was torn from me. And my entire internal world was this chasm. And meanwhile, externally, I'm at this shoot and this beautiful backyard and this beautiful home in like West Hollywood. And these images are some of my favorite. Because I, I can't imagine a lower time in my life. And in a way, it's I'm very, very blessed that I have like this tangible creation from that moment. And there's one image in particular where I have like one hand on my face and the other one's like sort of under my chin. And I just like I'm bare I just like very slightly looking up and meanwhile I'm like you know painted completely black and have like these little colored spots on me 
And for me, looking at that image, I can see all of the pain that I was going through in my life at that time. And also sort of the resolve that life doesn't end, right? You have to keep going. So even though that's where I was, I was still showing up. And so this image I call my divorce is one of my favorite, one of my favorites. And I think there's been many moments in my life where I felt completely torn apart that modeling was actually um, a very powerful creative expression for me that just utilizing light and shadow in my body and just expressing these things that even now like my words really fail to describe how I was feeling at that time but for me and knowing myself and like knowing my own face (laughs) uh looking at these images like I can see all of it and be very very proud of myself and very grateful for this life that I have and for that moment and the synchronistic synchronicity of that photo shoot as I was like literally leaving my marriage and my home in LA and everything I had ever dreamed of I was being asked to leave and I did and so I'm very that was like the end of that chapter which is super powerful and now like four years later it's like okay now it's the start of Jen's chapter is where we're at now. That's so cool. I really like the way you described that entire process. Because when you first mentioned your divorce, I was like, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with modeling, even though I was, you know, around <laughs> while that was happening with you. And I know that it directly affected your modeling. Part of the reason I like asking that question is because it adds depth to what other people who don't know what, like, models or freelance models are as humans but we do all struggle with the same types of things and we do all have depth so i do think that's really interesting especially now that you're like the fourth or fifth podcast episode that i've done you're the fourth or fifth interviewee and i think that every single person that i've asked that question to something in their life that they were struggling with was aided their their transformation through it was helped through modeling it seems that modeling is the medium that helped each of these people that i've interviewed so far go through and uh, overcome their massive struggle in life so it's really interesting that through doing photo shoots and especially that one particular shoot that you did that helped you like put your feelings into a visual medium and you saw your own expression in the photos later and it gave you that sense of help me out here (laughs) Uh, the word that comes to my mind is like cataclysm just like the human experience this sense of like how the depth of humanity and emotion and then the you call it the phoenix rising moment yes 
I see yes. all of that in that image for sure. And it's, it's very awesome. true. Our emotions are in our body in so many ways. And I think all people desire to be seen. And even at that moment where like the last thing I wanted was for anybody to see me, you know, I think a lot of us are that way where we get into such a pit of shame and we, we hide what we're experiencing. So maybe consciously the last thing I wanted was for anybody to be, to see or to know what I was going through. But of course, internally, there's nothing I wanted more than to express and be seen for the the pain that I was experiencing. And uh, these little, these photos are like these little moments in time that have been frozen where I was then later able to share that and share more of my story and what I was going through. And uh, all humans feel like 38,000 emotions, but we all feel them all the same, which is a crazy and beautiful thing to think of that the heartbreak I felt, it, it just grows your compassion because it's the same feeling for everybody. It's also making me think about how other people who are creative, who use other mediums, it, it's all the same, just with a different medium. Like a musician would write a song or a guitar solo that kind of emulates the feelings that they're going through. Or a, a dancer would express themselves through dance. Modeling is its own thing. So it just brings out, it's just not going to a shoot to sit there and look pretty. There's more going on. Definitely. Love it. It's definitely my body. It's definitely been my medium. And I think uh, a lot of that just is due to like inherent laziness, even where it's like, it's a lot easier for me to pose than it is for me to paint anything, <laughs> you know, like painting, I gotta go get supplies and sit down and like, you know, do the, go through this whole thing versus posing is like, I, you know, just have a camera and I can just express this. <laughs> I have everything I need right here. <laughs> I suppose, but to somebody else who's not experienced in posing, that would it definitely be very challenging to others who don't have the experience of it. True, very, very true. I think my my original start was in acting, and that was how I ended up uh, of the cameraman from a movie I was on, some independent movie I was in. The cameraman asked if I would model for him, and those images I put them on. Facebook and everybody was like, Ooh, like new career for Jen. And the modeling was always like, like each frame is a new scene. It's like acting, but you get to act out a thousand scenes in two hours. (laughs) So yes, that's been my medium personally. That's fine. That's awesome. I know that you've mentioned that your other marketing business on the side, but just to kind of like, bring it all together what do you see yourself going through towards the future with with your your new company that you've started you've you've gained the experience through being a freelance model learning marketing and you're doing some modeling still but only the one the shoots that you desire how do you see yourself like i don't know 10 years from now 
Mm. So definitely create your next level is, I'm sure, one of many ongoing ventures that I'll have. Uh, it's really built from my, my love of learning and then my love of sharing that learning. So my desire to be a supporter, to be a biz bestie, to be a friend, and then to create something that I can continue to like monetize and have the same freedom, like the laptop lifestyle that I desire. So it's really about building a business that supports the kind of life I want to live and a business that just supports others, which is like the best feeling in the world to me. So I imagine I'll always be out there supporting the people I meet, whether structured or not. But certainly the desire is as this gets more underway and like automated and I have more clients then I, I start to travel again that I then get to explore other creative outlets. So for myself, the teaching, I love the teaching and the speaking. And that also lends itself into, I really like stand up. So maybe I'll do more of that, you know, just nice. creatively. Um, and creating the income here, honestly, just to do as little as possible is like the goal, right? And just to do as little as possible and support others and take this money that I make and invest it into other things and just see where it goes. Just creating, uh, a, breaking a lot of chains in my family, breaking a lot of cycles out of toxic relationships and poverty and victim mentality and, and all these things. And so creating a life for me that the foundation there is freedom that I get to wake up when I want and work where I want and work with who I want and do things that light me up. And what really lights me up is just loving and supporting other people. So I'm doing that and we'll just see We'll kind of just see where this goes. Like life is crazy. I never knew, you know, I'd be an actor and I never knew I'd be a model. And then I never knew I'd be a marketing expert. I never knew I'd be married. I never knew I'd be divorced and like all these things, you know, I never knew I'd be like back in Idaho with my family. And, uh, now next up, it's like, it's looking like I'm going to move to Miami maybe, which I've never even been to. So it's just like every day is a new adventure and uh, I'm creating these extensions of myself, this business that continues to support me living that adventure the way that I want to. That's so kick-ass. I love that you, you have a commitment <laughs> to just living life on your own terms and you don't want to submit to being stuck in a cubicle somewhere, which is what I'm all about also. Like, yeah, well, when I met you, you went by Rebel, which is 100% who you are. And yeah. part, part, of my branding, part of my branding is, you know, I was like actor, model, badass. And now I'm like your badass biz bestie. So it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, waking up and like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do me. Like you only get one go around. I'm gonna live it how I want. And I love, so love that about you. Your life is nothing but rebellious. Like you had to dig your RV out of the snow today because you're like, yeah, like, doors. I'm going to live in this metal box that we pull around the world. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I love it. I love it. Hell yeah. Well, we are closing up towards an hour now. Did you have anything else that you wanted to mention before we end the show? Just that I love you, Christy. And anybody that's like pursuing their passions and their dreams, definitely Christy has so much that you, you have so much that you put out there available for others, educational and safety information for models and professional tips for photographers. And I love that you create all that stuff because when people ask me, I'm like, just go follow Christy's shit, you know, uh, go, go see her. And then all the online marketing and stuff, you're such a wealth of information there too, but also feel free to follow me. And I have my, my content that's out there and my online freebies to help other people identify where they are and, and create that clarity and creating their own next level and building yeah. a badass life and biz that you dream of, you know, that by the way, that, that free masterclass that you have on your website, I watched that. Okay. I highly, highly, highly recommend anybody that is interested in learning about online marketing watch that that was amazing awesome thank you thank you so much create your next level.com and then head to the freebies section you're gonna find a bunch of oh, oh. bunch of cool shit in there i'll put all your links in the description of this episode too awesome thank you christy well how cool thank you so much for having me on your podcast you're always doing you're always doing the most and i love everything that you do and i just love you and adore travis too Thank you. All right. We're going to sign out now. Love you, Jen. Until next time. Awesome. Thanks, Chrissy. Bye.